Talk Description to Me with Christine Malik and J.J. Hunt. Hi, I'm Christine Malik. And I'm J.J. Hunt. This is Talk Description to Me, where the visuals of current events and the world around us get hashed out in description-rich conversations. Today we are diving into a realm of deep mystery for me, uh, which is video games and specifically Minecraft. And there's there's way more to talk about here than I had thought. And some of it is quite surprising. So um, for those of, of you, like me, still sort of crawling out of the ooze when it comes to this stuff, we're going to start with a, a very basic sense of what Minecraft is. So JJ, can you give us an overview yeah, Minecraft is what they call a sandbox video game. And essentially a sandbox game is a game that allows a high degree of creativity for completing tasks and building worlds and so forth. So it's a, it's about play and, and creation. That's a huge part of a sandbox game. And Minecraft itself was launched in uh, 2011 and has since become the best-selling game of all time. They have currently sold over 200 million copies of the game and there are 126 million active users per month so it's just enormous so minecraft essentially is a um it's a world that that players explore and build uh using 3d blocks Uh, it's a very blocky world and what what players do is they gather and use tools to extract raw materials. That's why it's called Minecraft. You're mining raw materials. And then you use those materials to build items, to build structures, and really to build landscapes. And you can like you can fight computer-controlled mobs uh, or like enemies, um, or you can cooperate or compete with other players, depending on the game mode that you've selected. There are lots of kind of game modes within the game. Um, and there really aren't specific goals laid out by the game makers. It's not the kind of game where you need to track down these clues and get these gems and then you win. It's not about that. It's about world building. I really do mean world. You build the land, you can build water, you can build, you know, buildings, structures, grand structures, small structures, you can build like agriculture societies it is it is actually endless endless it is it is a genuinely infinite game and and for i needed help like if i was going to dive into this world i can and i and i obviously will be describing the visuals of it i can do that on my own but to actually navigate the world you i needed to enter some of this i needed to enter the social element of it because it's so important i needed i needed guides um and so i talked to a few uh, i talked to a few different people i found a a, a guy on uh, twitter named chris aka uh, logic pro x gaming or logic pro 10 gaming and chris is a vision impaired gamer who has um created a server this is a, a place for uh blind and low vision 
Minecraft players. And he's got a YouTube channel you can go to. And Chris was really helpful. He gave me some, uh, you know, some tips and explained uh, how the game works for him. And I'm also very lucky. I have an in-house expert on Minecraft. (laughs) Both of my kids play (laughs) and my 14-year-old is currently like obsessed with Minecraft. He spends a huge percentage of his days um, online on the server and interacting socially and building dynamic worlds. And uh, it's a it's a huge part of his life. And so he was kind enough uh, to, to walk me through and show me the ropes and answer my questions so that you know, as I move forward with these descriptions, I have a little bit more information about, frankly, what I'm describing because because I had help from, you know, people on the inside. So visually, Minecraft is, um, it's a pixelated world built around blocks. So there's color, there's visual texture, there are details, but it's all pixelated. So the, the smallest base element, the pixel, is a square, and it's a solid color. And these squares are placed together side by side in an intricate patterns such that you can create some detail and approximate the look of any person or object with these pixels, these squares. But there are no round corners ever, ever. Apparently, <laughs> my son was telling me that the, they recently uh, released a new feature, which was a, a telescope so that you could zoom in on something. And the telescope that the game makers offered, it it was round. Like, it it was a round... And people were nuts. Like, no, you cannot have a round... This was the community. Like, you cannot give us a round object. It must be square. So they they took it out, they redesigned it, and they re-released it as a blocky uh, telescope lens uh, because it just was not... It was not on. Everything is blocky. It's squares. And I should make sure that folks understand the difference between blocks and pixels. So you build the world with blocks... And the blocks are made of pixels. So for the most part, you don't actually build things pixel by pixel. Only your skin design, so the look of your character, you can get that fine grain, that detail, that pixel by pixel. But generally, you build block by block. And a standard block in Minecraft is built to represent one cubic meter. And that cubic meter is split into uh, pixels, 16 pixels cubed. So 16 pixels by 16 pixels by 16 pixels. And a player is two blocks tall. So that means a player is a little bit larger than life size, about seven foot three. And a player's skin, so you come up with a character, right? And like your avatar. And that character's look can be customized. That That's your skin. And... They're kind of like that. They're they're a, it's a boxy humanoid character. Imagine, uh, if you will, like a, a toy action figure, but boxy. And there are no knees, no elbows. So you've got hips, you've got shoulders, uh, you've got uh, neck movement, but you've got no knee movement and no elbow movement. So your legs are two side by side rectangles. And the torso is a rectangle that's the exact same width of the two legs, side by side. Your boxy arms, they're attached to the side, uh, the sides of the body. So they're kind of just stuck on the sides. And 
each arm is a, is about the same size as a leg because it's all cubes. It's all based on these cubes, right? And then your head is is a big cube. It's a big cube that's the same width as your torso. And as your player moves throughout the world, the legs swing back and forth. No knees, so just the legs swinging back and forth. And your arms, they can pivot and rotate from the shoulders. But again, no elbows, right? So there's these long, straight, rectangular arms, and they can pivot from the shoulders, no elbows. And your head will tilt back and forth and rotate. There's a little bit of twisting movement at the waist, but otherwise it's these blocky boxy movements okay hold on i'm I'm a little preoccupied here because i thought the whole point of computers and technology was to (laughs) sort of simulate reality not to live in a reality that looks like lego so is it yeah um well i guess i have i have several questions but is the look (laughs) particular to minecraft like do you see a screen and go oh that's minecraft you know it right away absolutely it is it is clear i mean it's based on early computer like yeah it you know, sounds early like something from graphics. the like early 90s or something yeah Why even is it still earlier a thing? well it kind of came back i mean I, I if i had to guess and i'm not sure if this plays out uh, in the actual history of the company but because this world is ever expanding and never ending you can't have the the fine detail that you could have in a game that's that's got more uh, more of a cinematic animation that is um, brilliantly precise and uh and and is trying to replicate the exact look of the world it's not photorealistic because you just don't have the computing power to do so. So I think the early version, probably there was an element of just it's practical. You need it to be closer to, you know, 8-bit technology. But then it's become, it's the look. It is absolutely clearly identifiable. The, the, you know, these pixels, these exaggerated square pixels um, of solid colors side by side, it's a... I mean, it's a clear identifier. It's a it's a design aesthetic at this point. And it, the pe- yeah. the characters are are they individualized or gendered or how are they? Um, yeah, individuated. Yeah. I mean, you can you can turn your character into anything. They are customizable in in their look, but not so much in the design. So you can have like there are a few things you can add. You can add armor. You can add wings if you get a certain kind of technology within the game. But you are I think always the same size you can just uh, you can just change your skin and then when characters encounter each other there's this crouching bow action that they do which is a sign of friendly greeting so like the the character will kind of do this little bow and and then Do they look, look robotic? Very. Yes, it's a stiff okay. robotic movement. Okay. That's a great okay. word for it. Robotic is is perfect. And then you and then you move. This body moves and you can you can build or dig or fight or break things. And it's all with the same basic action, which is a swinging of the arm. And when you swing your arm, uh, it all depends on what tool you're holding or what resource you've selected. And that will determine what happens when you swing your arm. So if you swing a shovel or an axe at the ground and it's dirt, a cube of dirt will disappear. You've just dug a small hole. It'll just vanish. And if you swing your sword at an animal or an enemy, enemies are called mobs, that's short for mobile, um, then that enemy, if you swing your sword at it, it'll flash red to indicate that you've hit it and, it's, and that animal or enemy is losing health. And then 
once you've kind of <laughs> done enough damage, little hearts will float off of the animal or enemy and, and, and then they'll vanish. And eventually that animal will tip over and will vanish in a small puff of gray smoke. And if it's an animal that you have just killed, um, you will get the raw elements. So like a, a feather will appear or a piece of meat will appear or leather will appear. And then you collect them and they get added to your inventory. And if it's an animal or if it's a mob or an enemy that you've killed, um, a little, like a small green orb will drop uh, after the, the enemy has disappeared and it'll bob along and you kind of have to get that orb and then you gain experience points. And that's how you advance. That's how your character grows. And that's how you navigate this world. Is there stuff to be said about the landscapes? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's extraordinary, these landscapes, because there are, I mean, you can build anything. You, you've got uh, wood blocks and soil blocks and cobblestone and slate and all, I think there are I mean, I've read anything. There are more than 400 different kinds of base elements as water. And so people build just incredible landscapes of waterfalls and trees and streams and fields and, and, and the scale. It, it really is endless. It's endless. And there's, there's like auto-generated worlds and then people adjust and adapt those to their own desires. The thing about building with dots or pixels is that when you only use a few to create something on a small scale, it looks really boxy, very simple, right? So say you've got a, a there's a character called a creeper. It's one of the, one of the bad guys, one of the enemies that you're going to create. And the face of a creeper, it's a green kind of camouflage looking because it's got the the pixels in the in the cubes are kind of different greens some browns and some grays so it's kind of got a camouflage looking green and it's a cube head and the eyes are these black squares of two by two so you know two black squares by two black squares those are the eyes there's no detail involved in that right because it's just too small but when you use that same technique of building with blocks and pixels on a bigger scale and then you zoom out to look at that thing from a distance now you get to see more detail because these things are closer together and you're farther away so if you're building something like a little cabin well then you can maybe build some things into into your windows where you can have window panes and things like that or maybe there's a you know there's a little flower box under your window in your cabin what if you build a castle you zoom out even further well now you've got room you can create gargoyles because you're fur you're far enough away you can see some of those things you're building bigger and bigger by the time you build something like a mountain You've got incredibly detailed, like you've got an opportunity for detail that you didn't have when you were building small. Was there anything uh, striking in terms of creations or constructs that you came across? Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the reasons I originally wanted to do this, and this is something you and I had talked about when I first learned about this, was the uncensored library. Um, and I, I read about, I read an article about this and, uh, I was just fascinated. So the uncensored library is an actual place that you can visit, uh, but you can only do so as a guest. You cannot build it. You cannot destroy it. Uh, you can visit. Other people can visit there too. And there are multiple copies of this library spread around the world. So no one can shut it down. If it gets shut, shut down, if one gets shut down, there are dozens more just like it. And they house the same information. And what this library is, 
is a place where articles or pieces of journalism that have been banned in various places around the world can be found online in the Minecraft world. And again, this is a, one of the, it's a, a brilliant example of this where theoretically, if what you wanted to do is create a, a, create a digital way to get around censorship laws and rules in various places around the world, you could create a server and have one simply designed book and any character could walk up to it, click on that one simply designed book and you have access to these articles, which is the technically how that works in this uncensored library. But what they did was they created a structure, a, a virtual digital structure that was as grand and lofty as the ideals of this concept, right? Like instead of making it small, they made it massive. Instead of making it simple, they made it incredibly ornate. And I mean, extraordinarily ornate. It is a huge, this library is, okay, first of all, you enter it, you enter and it's an island. It's a roughly square island. And the library occupies the entire island. It's a roughly square shape, but there are craggly shorelines of gray, rocky cliffs, and the island is dotted with trees, and then the, the, the grounds of the library are, are grassy, they have manicured lawns, and it's a, like in a symmetrical pattern. So there's like a, a symmetrical grid of formal gardens that surround this building, and some of these gardens have fountains, some have footpaths. And the building itself is uh, built in a neoclassical style, and it's uh, it's got a massive domed rotunda at its core, and then two parallel wings leading off of both sides uh, and the back, and each of these wings has vaulted ceilings with a strip of skylights down the center. The front of the library, the entrance, is like a classical columned portico with a peaked pediment, and in front of the library, down a formal footpath, there's a statue, a statue of a hand gripping a fountain pen. So this is depicted from the wrist up. It's like a, a fist in the air, very similar. We've talked about like the, the black power salute, mm -hmm. very similar to that. And there's a pen, a fountain pen gripped in this fist. The pen is parallel to the ground. The nib is sticking out the thumb side, the base of the pen out the other. And the library is, I mean, it's enormous. I have no idea if you if you actually took this from the Minecraft world, given the dimensions we've already talked about, the one meter cube for each block. I'm not sure how big it would be in real life, but it's enormous. This thing took two months to plan, three months to build, and they had 24 builders from 16 countries who were creating this, there are 12.5 million blocks that create this building. It's enormous. And it houses 200 books, virtual books. And each book, you walk up to a pedestal, you open a, a digital looking book. And what appears on your screen is this, um, this brown frame that looks like a, the page of a book. And there is digit, like pixelated writing on it. And you can flip through pages. You can download that into your inventory, those books. And these, each book is a banned article written by an at risk journalist. It's so huge and so ornate and so involved that when you're 
navigating the building from the inside. Your your computer can't have, can't load all of the information at once. So as you enter a new space, it builds up around you block by block. All of the details start pouring in. It's extraordinary. I've never been in a, in a virtual space like this before. It was incredible. I want to um, just take a step back and, and do the big picture so that everyone's clear, including me, on what's going on. So Minecraft is a game. Yes. But the the uncensored library is a construct people have made within the game to circumvent governments that censor journalists. And in the construct which exists in Minecraft, there you can find articles that people are unable to publish in their home country. So this is really subversive. Have I got the, the, the framework right? You've got that's exactly right. When I first went in, when I first saw this building, I literally gasped. Like, ah! I couldn't believe it. It was, it's so huge. It's so ornate. Was it hard to get a sense of scale because it's building itself slowly? Like, how did you understand the the scale involved? So when you first arrive, you you enter the world and you are, you, you enter on the ground and, you know, looking at I think it's the the statue is one of the first things that you see this hand gripping the pen and you can see the building in the background but it's like being too close to to, to anything that grand you, you can't get a sense of it now luckily it's Minecraft you can fly so what we did uh was my son floated us up and as we were going up he's like geez like we're we're above the clouds and there are, there's a cloud, oh. like there's a level of clouds and oh, wow. the building is higher than the clouds. And he's oh like, I God. think that we, I think they must've gotten permission to extend the height. Cause there is a height maximum when you're building in this world. Oh. Um, and he, he thought it was above what, what you would normally encounter when you're building trees or mountains or whatever. We just kept going up and up. So we had to pull out in order to see the whole thing. And it was only then when, when we had seen the whole thing that I realized it's enormous. It's just so big. And then we went back down into the world and instead of walking from that statue to the building, we teleported. There's a little, there are little teleportation pads that you can jump on because it's so big. It would like to get your little character to get the tuck, 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 walk along. It's just too, <laughs> take too long. So they have, you can teleport. And so we teleported inside and we got into the center, into this dome. And you look up from the inside, you'd like literally tip your head back and you look up in from the center of this main dome and the ceiling. It's this, uh, the, um, this domed glass skylight above you and all the way around the, um, this, uh, you know, this, this round, this rotunda are flags of the world. And then you turn, you look down and there's a glass floor and underneath the glass floor, there's an inlaid map of the world. And because you're on a glass floor, that's on a higher level than, than the actual, uh, inlaid map as you move the perspective shifts a little bit because you're not walking right on it so there's uh, there's distance between the two so you get a sense of depth and size and scale because Whoa. of this oh it's super trippy and Whoa. again there's like there are paintings that are in like that are hanging in the museum that have been done in pixels there are stained glass windows these ornate what you know 
inlay, I'm calling them inlay because they're, I mean, they're like marbleized, they're marble floors and with intricate patterns. It's just extraordinary. And then to, to move around this space, it takes, it takes forever. And I've actually lost your question because I'm just, I get so swept up in, in <laughs> Me describing too. the experiences. Me it was too. just incredible. I've lost my question too. Um, your son, who is steeped, it sounds like yeah. he was even impressed. He was. He understood how to navigate it, but you know, it took it took time to do so because it's so big. Like you would go to one room and you'd teleport, and then you'd want to like you'd be in a room and you're like, I want to go all the way up to the top, and then you so you float to the to the you know the ceiling, and then you look down. And, oh, there's a labyrinth on the ground in front of us. And there's a labyrinth in the, there's one room, I think it's, I'm, I'm not sure if it's the Vietnamese room, but um, there's a labyrinth in order to get to the um, the pedestal, which opens up and, and gives you access to the books in the, uh, in the room. And you can just float to it or teleport to it, but you can access it through this labyrinth. And the labyrinth is there to represent the, uh, the, the governmental red tape that is put in front of people who are trying to access. So even if this journalism is not fully banned, it is hidden in a labyrinth. And so they create a physical labyrinth, right? And this is what this, this is what it does. When you create a visual manifestation of, of these ideas, of these struggles, of the importance of these things, you feel it. You, it, it, it has an impact. And I had a, an absolutely emotional response to being in this space. Absolutely. How so? Oh, well, it's like I enjoy traveling and going to, uh, you know, the grand municipal building, civic institutions. And, you know, sometimes when you walk into these spaces, you get the sense that the people who created them, they wanted you to understand that you are small, the world is big, that the ideas that this building represents are bigger than you. And when I was in this library, and when I say in, I mean, I was watching a screen and my son's avatar was physically in that space. <laughs> yeah, I was still having that emotional response. I it, it was I I was gasping. I was like, oh, can you look over there? What's that over there? And you you know, we were exploring the nooks and crannies, looking at the, the you know, they've created uh, the look of books all along the wall. And so you feel even if you can't access each one of those books individually, you can only do it through the books on the pedestal being surrounded by all of these virtual books and tapestries and flags of the world. I literally choked up. Like there were several times when I, like I was choked up by the, the effort, the idea the the need for this, um, it, it was, mm -hmm. a, a, mm -hmm. it was a response that was as legitimate and real as the response I, I have physically when I'm in, a grand cathedral when I'm traveling around the world. We love making this podcast. If you love hearing it, perhaps you'll consider supporting its creation and development by becoming a patron. We've set up a Patreon page to help cover the costs of putting this show together. You can contribute as a listener or as a sponsor to help ensure that accessible and entertaining journalism continues to reach our community. Visit patreon.com slash talk description to me. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash talk description to me. 
Have feedback or suggestions of what you'd like to hear about? Here's how to get in touch with us. Our email address is talkdescriptiontome at gmail.com. Our Facebook page is called Talk Description to Me. Our website is talkdescriptiontome.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at talkdescription.com.